RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Have you heard of Ubi? That's four O's B Y. Ubi. Fraser Bliss is from Ubi, and he joins us here at Reality Check Radio to tell us what it is and um, and how it's doing. Fraser, welcome to Reality Check Radio. Thanks for coming on. Well, I appreciate you taking the time with me today. Thank you, Paul. What is Ubi? Ubi, that is a good question. It is a lot of O's, like you said. Yep. Um, we once met a lady at a food show, and she said uh, in a South, uh, South American accent, she was like, that's a heck of a lot of O's, and how many of them stand for organic? <laughs> um, it stands for Out of Our Own Backyards is originally the acronym. Yeah, and um, it was set up about 12, 13 years ago now, with the on the back of the global financial crisis, to revolutionize the food system, to make sure New Zealand was taken care of in case of uh, financial and, and global traumas happening, and to make sure that the local supply chain is short as possible, and to make sure that you know people are getting the healthiest nutrient dense food available. Um, we've talked to a few people um, in the food supply space. Um, most recently, the founder of Soupy, the online supermarket. I remember her telling me that, geez, um, a huge percentage of food is just wasted and thrown away. Yeah, it is incredible. Um, yeah, they, they're carrying on in our mission. They're doing a fantastic job for sure. Uh, we're focused on the organic side of things. Uh, we believe strongly in that and the health aspects of that for your bodies and for the the ecology and the environment and things. Um, but definitely the amount of waste is, is incredible. And we're, we're very fortunate because if you really look at how to solve those problems, it's not actually a real pain complicated process. You're actually just saying, okay, well, we can get you that food with virtually no waste. If you just tell us in advance how much you're going to buy and we'll go tell our growers to harvest it, they'll pick it just for you. Wow. And we'll get it to you <laughs> fresh as. So it, it actually is a good way to do about that. Yeah. You mean picked on demand? Basically, yes. Okay. And is that the shortening of the supply chain that you're talking about? Exactly. Yes. I mean, the idea is that I mean, you can go even shorter if you want to go to a farmer's front door, you can meet them at the farmer's market. Um, and many of our customers do that as well. But um, convenience and the ability to have a range of products is really important to people. So, um, yeah. and if you do the calculations, you know, one company with one van delivering the boxes around the suburb is more efficient than everyone uh, driving to places themselves to do it. So, um, yeah, it's getting it fresh as possible. It's getting it as high quality as possible. But most importantly, it's from people that we know and we trust and we want to support. And if we're if we're here to support those people, they'll be here to support us when we need them. So this is like um, developing an alternative system, like a resilient alternative to the legacy, which um, a lot of people are, a lot of people are thinking that way at the moment. I'm picking up. How do we have alternative systems and structures? that can deliver what we need, but we don't have to be reliant yeah. on this, you know, this whole mechanized way of doing it. Let's no, say. absolutely. So I'm not the founder of Ubi. Ubi was founded by a guy called Pete Russell. Um, and he's now continuing the Ubi mission in, in Europe. But really the, the original idea and the concept um, is included everything from alternative payment systems to you know shared labor to shared shared labor to peer to peer commerce, um, but 
an aggregated food supply really was the first step. And um, Ubi was really doing that before e-commerce really even took off for all types of products. So we were really ahead of the time there. And certainly the last few years have shown us there is demand and need for that. How did you get involved then? What, um, what, what pulled you in? Yeah, well, that, that's, that's about it. It's an interesting journey. And I mean, everyone has their own ways where they end up where they are. And, you know, my accent is very confused. It's sort of mid-Atlantic between Europe and Canada. And uh, I found myself as a backpacker in New Zealand 15 years ago, and I did some traveling around the world and um, did a lot of permaculture training. It's something that I really aspire to. And, you know, I was interning at uh, the Permaculture Research Institute and um, I studied and managed under uh, Bill Mollison's farm, the founder of permaculture, but basically a combination of my IT background and learning about these sustainable things uh, and how to how to really be self-sufficient and live off grid. I mean, where I'm calling you from now, I, I ran out to the battery room to make sure that we're going to have enough batteries for the for this call because we're 100 off the grid here in Taranaki. Oh wow! Okay. And um, well, so taking, exactly where are you? I'm in Taranaki. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I came out here a couple of years ago. The company operates in Auckland and Christchurch. Um, but you know, we take these things very seriously, and um, basically. You know, the, the goal is, is that we want to be able to uh, to do this and not 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 just survive in the future, but also thrive. Yeah. And obviously the quality of the product and its nutritional benefits. Well, that's the point of difference, isn't it? In the yeah. end. I mean, there's there's many different levels of that. So, I mean, you have your certified organic produce and that's certifying that it hasn't been sprayed with some chemical. Right, um, and that there haven't been artificial fertilizers in in the soil, uh, that doesn't necessarily certify the absolute quality. It still needs to be grown with care. It needs to be done in good soils. It needs to be brought to you quickly from the marketplace. It needs to be transported well and as, as in the, over as short as distance as possible. So that's really where Ubi's point of difference comes because it's our relationship with our growers and and making sure that we get the best stuff and. Um, making sure that we can support Kiwis on on their lifestyles and their health, ultimately. So what are the opportunities for, for, how big is the market and for, you know, growers? And I guess uh, some are already operating that way, but others might be thinking, well, this might be the way to go in the future. Um, what What's the supply like at the moment? Have you, is there, obviously there's enough of a mass of growers um, to make the, the business viable and to be able to deliver food. But um, what's the potential, I guess, is what I'm asking. No, well, I believe the potential is huge. Um, I mean, we've been living this for 10, 12 years already. And, I mean, it's not just organic food. It's not just or local food. It's not just food delivered to you, ordered online. Um, but it's, it's, it's all of these factors coming together, and we've seen a huge um, – explosion over the past years of people willing to to buy online and to accept those conveniences and to really appreciate them and at the same time we actually haven't seen the same amount of growth on the supply side of things so naturally that does put a pressure on prices and that has been exacerbated over the last year just with general inflationary pressures and things so uh, we're actually hoping that this increase of interest in in online food particularly organic will encourage more and more people to start growing it. 
You mentioned Bill uh, Mollison, was it? Um, earlier yeah. on when we were chatting. Yeah. Uh, you, and I think you described him as the founder of permaculture. I'm going to sound like a real dumb person here. Yes. What is permaculture? Uh, that is a really good question, and that's the question you could probably answer in 10 different ways. Essentially, it is not a form of agriculture. So it does share that part of the word. So it's often applied in a land-based system to grow food regeneratively and sustainably and chemical-free. Um, but PERMA as in permanent. So it, it's about you're not just trying to meet some organic standard you're planting trees that you've forethought that are going to be providing food for generations and hundreds of years. So it's a way of improving the landscape. It's about, uh, it's a system of design so that you're not um, stuck weeding the garden unnecessarily and, you know, running around inefficiently because you're observing nature and the patterns of nature so that you can apply those in a controlled managed environment and let nature do the heavy lifting for you. So if you if you want to summarize that into a soundbite, it's probably, you know, you could view it as a smart farming or lazy man's farming or farming with, with thought. So the idea is that if you can do uh, 99 hours of thinking in one hour of meaningful work, that's going to make more sense than doing nine, 99 hours of work in one hour of thinking. And how does that compare to the conventional sort of way of doing things? I guess I'm thinking of fertilizer and all the sort of mechanical and interventional things that are done in this modern modern era of farming. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of inefficiencies built in that system, a lot of waste in that system. And to be honest, we have been able to get away with it for some time because we've had an abundance of, of fossil fuel energy. Um, so it's allowed for a lot of efficiencies to take place. But I mean, if you even just look at the basics, like if you had a field of potatoes, um, and you took harvested all of those potatoes and you distilled them into vodka and the amount of energy you could get out of that vodka, not by drinking it, but by fueling a tractor. I mean, right. you would be able to actually, the energy return would be like one-tenth or one-one-hundredth of what you're spending to actually get it if you're counting calories and, um, and kilojoules and things like this. So it, it's really about the maximum amount of, of conversion of sunlight into into energy and um you know when we talk about sustainability that that's a word that's often you know abused these ways and used out of context but essentially you're we have this free energy source called the sun and there's a magic called photosynthesis and if you can mimic nature and if you can um use those processes in the most direct way possible you can actually get a return on your surplus and we're seeing this more and more so i'm i'm doing this on three and a half acres in taranaki um i also help others get off grid and uh just this morning i gave a presentation on making a proposal to somebody who's bought 200 acres up in northland and is looking to live off the grid there and to live sustainably there and you know if you, if you set things up the wrong way you could be in you know, setting yourself for a lot of wasted hours and a lot of wasted money. But if you set things up right, then, uh, you know, you can have that system and that landscape supporting you and your needs. Is that the farm well um, operation that... that uh, yeah, so I'm yours? involved in a, a number of different businesses. So Ubi is a food box company yep. providing food to people. Um, I do do consulting on a permaculture basis. I used to do it full time before I came to New Zealand, but now it's more of a um, a side project and uh, something I do just for the love of it. 
And Farmwell itself is is actually software and technology platform that uh, enables all of this to happen in the back end. So companies like Ubi, uh, farmers markets, co-ops, these these people can be using uh, Farmwell to to connect directly to their customers. Right. What do you think New Zealand should do then? Because we're a food producer, have been for a long time, you know, in the traditional sort of areas for a lot of that, sending it back to Mother England, butter and milk and all of that. Mm. But, you know, there's a whole range of products we make now. How would you see the niche, or maybe it's bigger than a niche, the territory that we should occupy in in our global effort, because it has to be, to, you know, be a food producer and exporter. Are we doing it the right way at the moment? I, I'm I'm suspecting you say, no, we're, we, we're not. What do we need well, to do? I'm really good at annoying people when I answer that question, because <laughs> okay. on the one hand, you have conventional farmers who've been doing it for a long way, and they, they don't like the greenies telling them what to do. And on the other yeah. hand, you have the eco-warriors who are love to be critical of the way the farmers are. And, and um, I sort of, I take more of a realistic approach and I on a lot of political type issues or issues that become easily political. I sort of like yep. to just look at them both quite rationally and, and to see the, the pros and cons of both of the both approaches, but essentially are we doing it correctly? Um, I suppose that depends what the goal is. If the goal is, is feeding, feeding New Zealanders um, certainly there's a lot of waste, which we've already talked about and, one thing that really I don't think people understand um, is that if if pesticides and herbicides and fungicides, if they weren't transparent, if they had a color, we would not be eating because we could see what we're putting into our bodies. Right. Uh, yeah. Bill Mollison, the founder of Permaculture, said he's sick and tired of 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 you know having conversations with with people, his neighbors who are spraying um, the heck out of their properties and is running off of his. He said it's just there's just no way you can fathom that until it's there's a pink tracer dye in it. And you can see that after you've sprayed the field, that the tractor's pink, your nostrils are pink, yeah. the dog is yeah. pink, your house is pink. Is you're, pink. You're, yeah. you're just not going to actually get the fact because uh, it takes 20 years, 10, 20 years to really cause the devastating effects. And um, um, so just by avoiding those, chemi- those chemicals into our systems, um, I think it's, it's, hugely important for your own health and your own your own sovereignty as a person to be able to be live if, live have a healthy state and be fully cognitive and to live to your fullest you you can't be polluting yourselves with these things so uh, that that's where i do you know uh, disagree with the conventional approach on things um, but at the same time i i'm not a person that appreciates you know central planners stepping in and and think that they can just you know wave a magic wand and you know solve all the problems with a stroke of a pen kind of thing so it's it's i believe in ground up solutions um and i think that if if everyone just focused on you know growing more more of their own food or supporting small growers um that are taking care of the land taking care of the soil and by default that'll be taking care of the people who are purchasing their foods then you know that that will have a knock-on effect that really makes the biggest difference do you see there being a sort of like a mass, um, uh, what would you call it, movement towards organic food? I think people are becoming suspicious now of um, a lot of the chemicals. And, you know, the last three years has focused 
I don't always mean to bring everything back to the last three years, but it's focused people's attention on what is good for them and what isn't at a very fundamental level. Do you do you see? I mean, in in just your everyday doing this, do you see this sort of this waking up going on? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I mean, what was the last three years? I mean, there's many answers to that question, but crisis. On to some degree, everyone can agree there was some kind of crisis going on. Yeah, um, and often I have to say that, and this comes from personal experience too. If you don't have, if you can't see the negative effects of your actions immediately, and they take weeks, months, days, years, decades to really manifest, then it's it's really hard to have the self discipline to do something that requires a little bit more money or to do something that requires a little bit more time because you have to delay that gratification to 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 reap those benefits. So um, often, and this was the case in my circumstance, you often a crisis is very helpful for you at a personal level. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Well, yeah, it depends on, on how you want to use it or some yep. people certainly take advantage of crises for their own benefit. But you can, as an individual, take advantage of any type of crisis, financial crisis, a health crisis, a relationship crisis, and say, what can I learn from this? What am I doing wrong that has got me in the situation? And what can I be doing differently so that my future can improve going forward? So um often like ubi's uh customers the ones we've had customers that have been with us from the first box we delivered 12 13 years ago and they're wow. getting a box every day since and you know they understand um i have two kids a three-year-old and a five-year-old two daughters and they were born after i joined ubi and they literally are we get our box coming in um once a week and it's 90% of our diet, what comes in that box. So their their physical cells, their structure, their bones, their muscle, mm-hmm. their brain matter is 90% ubi, what's come into that box. It's it's spray-free, it's it's high nutrient dense. So um they have certainly reaped that reward. And they wouldn't be doing that if I hadn't done the opposite and abused myself through diet and lifestyle in, in my younger years and had negative health consequences that. I couldn't ignore for some time and, you know, really forced me to, to look at diet as a way to, uh, to basically get sovereignty and control over my own health. Yeah. You're doing okay now, obviously. Yeah. So that was 20 years ago. And to be honest, like most crises, you, you do your best to ignore things and you try to do your best to not uh, change the status quo, but you know, whether you're failed by the medical system for years chronically and, you know, taking too many medications. And at some point you realize that there's no end to this. I have to take personal responsibility. I have to, to do these myself. I can't just ask for somebody to write something down on a piece of paper and solve the problems in my life. Mm. I've, got, I've got to just do it. And once you do that, and I, it was it was scary. And I did have the benefit of, of um, holistic medicine and Chinese acupuncture and chiropractor and my wife's a craniosacral therapist and my father and my brother are chiropractors. So I've had exposure to wow. the natural Wrap health around. world. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but through the support of that and ultimately through diet, but even more importantly than diet, it was the personal resolve that said, no, this is on me. I can't point my finger at, you know, a doctor or I can't, my boss, I was working me hard or I can't do this. I have to take the responsibility. And if I'm not going to do it, I'm going to continue to suffer the consequences. So that basically 
was the line in the sand that I was not going to cross anymore. I cleaned up my diet. I cleaned up my lifestyle. I started um, uh, sleeping properly and I, I mm-hmm. you know, laid off the, the alcohol and the partying and, and um, settled down in many other ways. But that was really what started me on this, this organic journey. And, um, and yeah, one thing that led to a five-year round-the-world trip, it led me learning into permaculture. And ultimately, you know, multiple businesses I've started or I've been with since have all been on this theme of, of taking control of your own health, your financial, your independence, your well-being is for me primarily through you being physically strong and able and capable and cognitive. And then through that, you're able to be the best version of yourself whether that's passing smiles to somebody on the street or whether that's through the business that you do or the interactions that you make and the decisions that you make will lead to the best outcomes for you and the people around you. So right now, my application of this is through enabling people to get the highest quality food for themselves so that they can take care of themselves and their family, um, but also to provide like the technical infrastructure for others to be selling online or to helping other people to go make that move off grid or, or to set up a permaculture farm for themselves. Okay. So if people listening want to find out more, because there's a few layers to that, isn't there? There are people who want to just order the food. There are growers and suppliers who, who if they're in the right space, can use the platform, right, to distribute. I mean, can you be anywhere in the country and um, and supply Ubi or do you have to be in specific areas? How does that work and how should people get in touch? Yeah. So Ubi is primarily located in Auckland and Christchurch. Right. Uh, but in the North Island, we can pretty much distribute to any non-rural address. So the yep. easiest way is simply to go to Ubi, that's foros.by.co.nz and yep. choose which island you're on and, and we'll set you up. Um, if you are listening to this, to the show and you probably do appreciate and share a lot of the values that I have and that Ubi has. So, uh, to make it easy for these, uh, people who are curious and wanting to take control of their own health, you know, they we're offering $20 off for the next two weeks with the, with the coupon code reality check. So you're welcome to take care of that offer. Um, if you just want to get out of Dodge or you want to get off uh, into the, into rural New Zealand and you want to be able to do that in a smart way, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, to, you know, help people what I can. Sometimes I'm running webinars or uh, doing some consulting on the side. Um, but uh, the bliss.institute is, is a little website I have set up for doing that um, with yeah. my wife and uh, you're welcome to contact me through there. Thank you. Well, it's been really interesting chatting with you, Fraser, Fraser bliss of Ubi and, um, there's a lot more to you than just that. Really interesting. And I'm I'm picking that, that that some of our listeners will want to get in touch. So be prepared for some incoming there. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity. And thank you for what you're doing with Reality Check Radio uh, and uh, providing a platform for, for voices and for people that have information to share and for fighting an alternative. So thank you for that. Well, thank you so much for saying that too. And uh, thanks for giving us a bit of time, Fraser. We appreciate that. Much appreciated. Thank you. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.